This is the Millennial Millionaire Through Real Estate podcast. As long as the deal and the numbers make sense, uh, there are lenders out there that are uh, totally willing to uh, lend 100% of purchase and rehab. So then I just took that and then I just duplicated it over and over. You're listening to the Millennial Millionaire Through Real Estate Podcast, where we discuss tangible tips, tricks, and best practices for becoming financially free. The show is designed for people who want to either start real estate investing or for those who want to scale their real estate business. This episode is sponsored by Infinite Road Destinations, the smartest short-term rental property management group I know and the group that manages my properties. This is a company that's very close to my heart, run by two of the smartest, most attentive people I know, Claire Rosenberg and Alex Brashears. Claire and I first met when we worked together at NetApp, where she was a top performer and rose crazy fast in the company. And Alex is just one of the most active, genuine people I know in the real estate space. The two of them together bring a blended background of project management, software design, and extensive experience with automation tools and virtual assistants. Through these experiences, they optimize any property to deliver hands-off experience to owners while delivering the highest occupancy and highest daily rates possible. You guys know I would not recommend anything to anyone in this group that I do not fully endorse or think that is the absolute best product. And this company is that. And like I said before, this is the exact company and people that manage my Airbnbs. If you don't believe me, here are a few of the other tools and services that come along with the team. Listing optimization, guest support and approval, communication and reservations, key exchange and management, dynamic pricing, welcome kit creation, listing advertising and marketing, vendor management, including cleaners, maintenance, handymen, runners, and monthly property reports. To learn more, check out shorttermmadeeasy.com or email info at shorttermmadeeasy.com. And on the forum, just mention that you heard it here or mention my name. So give it a try. You have nothing to lose and they offer a satisfaction guarantee. And I assure you guys, you will not be disappointed. All right, everyone. Another amazing episode. We had Farah Ali on the Women Wednesdays segment of our podcast. Um, super incredible person. She is from Lombard, Illinois. So I grew up in the Chicago suburbs, so not too far away. So always good to have a good Chicagoan. We go over what our favorite deep dish is. So you'll have to listen to find out uh, who's which uh, pizza is her favorite. Um, we may have had different pizza places that we enjoy. Um, so Farah, she is really a girl boss. She is doing a ton. She has had uh, 50 plus deals, 29 rentals, six flips. She's done some wholesaling. She um, has created a podcast course. She is an author um, of an incredible book, along with being um, a mother and raising two boys, she is doing a lot and, and conquering the world. So super excited for, for you to listen to this episode. Without any further ado, Farah Ali. All right, Farah, how's it going this Wednesday morning? What's happening in Chicago? I'm doing pretty well. It's a little gloomy outside, but uh, you know that doesn't stop me from starting my day off right and making sure I get all of my work done for the day, my to-do list this morning. So, oh um, yeah, I'm pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> that to-do list, right? Um, yes. And, and it's funny, we were talking before we hit record um, that I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago, not too far away from you. So kind of small world. I'm, I'm in New York city, that girl who moved to New York during that, during the pandemic, 
but um, always, always love Chicago. So it's always great to talk to another person from the same. Yeah, I was born and raised here. So this is kind of, you know, my home and will always be my home, even though if I move out of state, I'll still keep a home here. Can't forget about that deep dish pizza. Are you a (laughs) Giordano's or Lou's fan? I'm a Giordano's fan. Okay. I'm more on the Lou's side. Oh yeah. What's the reasoning for it? I like the sauce, uh, the Giordano sauce a lot better. Okay. Yeah. For me, it's it's just, there's way too much cheese, but you know, you can always order light on the cheese. (laughs) Okay. That's good to know for next time. I'm a big lose fan, but um, in the lose salad, but yeah, always uh, it's always funny to know which side. You're which on side, there. yeah, yeah. So let's kind of get into it, um, Farah. I'd love for the audience just to kind of start with your background, how you got started in real estate, and um, some of the deals that you've been fo- that you were focusing on, and then we'll kind of unpack from there. Okay, that sounds good. So my background is. I've been in the insurance industry for over 20 years. Uh, I'm an underwriting manager and I still do that uh, part-time. I've uh, significantly reduced my hours since I've done real estate investing just recently, more so in this past year or so. Um, But I've been doing that. uh, I started off in 2001 is when I first started working. uh, More so like just like an administrative assistant helping. And then over the years, I just you know, promotion after promotion at work, and I ended up um, uh, getting into management insurance. So I've been doing that. And then in 2009, uh, I got separated and, and then eventually, you know, went through a divorce a couple of years later, which is what kind of started me uh, into researching about real estate, because uh, I had to figure out how I was going to support my two kids. Um, pretty much solely, you know, be the sole financial provider. And uh, with that, you know, pressure on me, I had to figure out, okay, how do I, how do I, uh, you know, attain more wealth or try to make more money. And after researching on the internet, everything kind of led into real estate. So we'll get into that in a little bit, but just a little bit more about me and what I do is that's my insurance career. I started investing in real estate in 2014 is when I took classes got my first deal in uh, late 2014. I think it was December, 2014. And then um, I'm also a co-founder of WeWin LLC, which is a platform for women to get into real estate investing. So after, you know, my success and uh, my co-founder who's also done really well in real estate investing, she's a female. And then a lot of other women around us that have done really well, uh, we decided, hey, why not start, you know, a group for women to help support and um, inspire because a lot of women, I think, especially newer investors are intimidated uh, with, with, you know, with real estate being kind of like a male dominated industry, they want something a little bit smaller, more intimate uh, type of group setting. So that's kind of why we formed that. And we've been uh, helping women kind of like guide them to the steps into succeeding into real estate. So we have that. And then I'm also the president of WeWin Foundation. So it's a uh, non-for-profit that we started a year and a half or so ago. Uh, and we, uh, we had started it knowing that we wanted to, you know, probably help with uh, rental assistance and things like that, because we're in the real estate and how can we give back to the community? 
But during the pandemic, we kind of switched gears a little bit and we started helping different communities in the Chicagoland area just by doing food drives, toy drives, turkey drives during the pandemic, just to, you know, our way of, of giving back. So we continue to do that, but we also want to go back to our initial, you know, uh, vision of being able to um, help provide housing for those that are, you know, underserved or, you know, not as fortunate enough. So yeah, I've been doing that. And more, most recently, a couple years, a couple months ago, just launched my book uh, called Diaries of a Female Real Estate Investor, which is on Amazon. So I've been busy doing that. And at the same time, uh, creating an online course that I'm finally done with. I put a lot of work and effort into it, mm -hmm. but it's more for you know newer investors or investors that maybe have done a deal or two that really want to scale up. So, but yeah, that's kind of what I have going on. And I'm also a mother of two kids. Uh, you know, one is 20, so they're older now, not as so much kids, but uh, I'm 18 years old, so two boys I have. And wow, one's so just graduating uh, high school, so that's exciting. So oh, I'm nice. almost done. Wow, almost an empty nester, right? Yes, almost. <laughs> well, yeah. you are definitely a girl boss. You are doing a lot and creating so much impact and so many incredible things that you are doing. I'd love to kind of go back to the beginning and especially, you know, on our listeners, a lot of them are, are just starting out in real estate, making that itch to get started, right? Mm -hmm. So I'd love to kind of go through, you know, how you figured out um, what niche of real estate you were going to do and then kind of walking through that first deal, how you found it, how you funded it, um, the, the numbers in terms of the return and cash flow. Um, it's just always helpful for our listeners to, to hear about that first. Yeah. One. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I first started, um, in 20, uh, like I said, in the end of 2014. So I actually took classes uh, real estate classes. Uh, it's called the Mastery Program. They're actually um, live in Chicago, but they're virtual as well. So uh, anyone can attend those. Um, but I took the course and my first deal was in a small suburb called Lyons, Illinois. And it was uh, it's a, a brick home, two bedroom, one bath. So we the way that we invest is we don't do like fancy investing. Uh, like we're not, we don't buy fancy homes that are like five, six hundred thousand dollars. We buy uh, what we call in like beans areas, the bread and butter housing where where most people will rent in those areas, right? So um, houses that are basically we purchase prices between anywhere between fifty and one hundred and twenty thousand is what I purchase. And that particular deal I bought for seventy seventy five thousand. Um, and then I put about 20,000 20, or so into it. And it appraised for one, I want to say it appraised for, I can't remember if it was, it's either 145 or 154, one of those two numbers. I, I, mm -hmm. I, I, I forget because it's, it's, a, it's been a while now, but, um, and my cash flow on that, on that one is $450 per month. Um, it could probably be more, uh, but I've, um, I rented it out about five, five years, five, six years ago, and I've never raised the rents just because if I personally have um, good paying tenants, I don't raise the rents on them because I'm mm -hmm. happy that they're there, then I don't have that vacancy or anything like that. So, um, but it, it was a great deal. The, where I got the money was um, I had a private lender 
who actually lent 100% of the purchase and 100% of the rehab costs because I was in a situation where um, I didn't have any money. When I left, like when I had the, when I left and separated, I walked away with absolutely nothing. Meaning I had to start from scratch. I had really no, I had no savings. I had a job which covered the day-to-day expenses for me and the kids. Uh, But other than that, you know, it was starting fresh. So when I took the courses, uh, you know, it it wasn't cheap, but it's something that I really, really wanted to do. So I I just put it on my um, card, knowing that I'm going to figure out how to pay it. Uh, but then from there, yeah, in class, I just did exactly what they told me to do. And I was able to get that first deal while in class. And they kind of help you through that process. And that's how I got connected to the private money lender who purchased 100% um, rehab and uh, purchase and rehab. And it's because the deal was really good. So as long as the deal and the numbers make sense, uh, there are lenders out there that are uh, totally willing to uh, lend 100% of purchase and rehab. So then I just took that and then I just duplicated it over and over. Wow. I think there's so many amazing parts to that story of, you know, first off, thank you for being so vulnerable and, and just sharing, you know, I'm sure I, I I mean, I'm not married, but like, Mm -hmm. I can't imagine going through a divorce, walking away and trying to figure out, you know, how am I going to survive, you know, and you had your head up and said, you know, I'm a big believer of everything's figure outable. And, um, you took that with you and you took it upon yourself to take action. And I love that you brought up that, you know, I just followed exactly what they were telling me to do. A lot of people, you know, with analysis paralysis, they'll, they'll take all the courses, they'll read all the books and it's giving, giving us all such great information, but it's a lot of people are just, are not ready to take action and actually follow what's being taught. So um, I, I think, and I love that, you know, a hundred percent of the money was from the lender for the purchase price yeah. and the rehab cost. You don't hear that a lot. Um, how did that, was that a conversation um, of, did you have to like negotiate or that was just from the beginning that this lender, this is just what they do in terms of a hundred percent for the purchase and the rehab cost. Uh, so where, you know, where the group that I'm a part of, um, there's a lot of lenders who do 100% purchase and rehab. So that's really the norm. Um, okay. Again, as long as the numbers make sense. Uh, we're part of, a, you know, it's called the mastery program that I joined. And because it's, um, we're all getting educated by the same mentor, we're all following the same real estate formula. So the numbers you know, we have a template and if the numbers work, then lenders are more than happy to lend at that. So for us, it's very common. Um, on occasion, there could be a lender who may want you to put, you know, 10% down. Um, but all my deals so far, I think, yeah, out of all the deals that I've done, I think I've only had one lender where I put down 10%, but everybody else has been able to provide me um, 100%. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I think that's I think... what makes it so possible for people like me to invest that come from really no savings was, mm-hmm. you know, you, obviously I don't want people to think that, oh my God, I can have $0 in the bank account. Right. Cause you need a little bit of money for, for um, earnest, right. You have to put your earnest money down. That's not going to be lent to you because when you're putting an offer in, 
and your offer gets accepted, you may not know who your lender is at that point. You have usually 30 days to close. So you put your earnest money down. And then from there, you're like, okay, you put all your numbers together and you submit your proposal to the lender. And, um, and that's when you get your funding, but when you close, but yeah, like you should have, you know, I would say, you know, have some like couple thousand dollars. I'm not saying don't have absolutely nothing, but you got to think of those things, your earnest money, um, being able to purchase an insurance policy before it closes, just like things like that. But it's nothing significant. It's not like you need $10,000, $20,000 sitting in the bank for you to invest. Right. No, I think that that's a great thing that you brought up. It's really possible the whole basic, you know, no money down or close mm-hmm. to no money down, or you can, you know, potentially borrow the earnest money or um, the closing costs or whatever it might be, or put that onto the seller, you know? So um, I think it's an incredible strategy. Um, and what I also thought was super interesting now, just thinking I, I'm actually up for renewal for my tenants and I'm kind of going back and forth, you know, they're incredible tenants. Um, one tenant pays every, the early or pays on time each month, mm-hmm. another tenant, they're a contractor. So it kind of just all depends on when they're getting paid, but, you know, never had an, had an issue with rent, but, um, you bring up an interesting point that, um, I haven't heard a lot of people who don't raise rent. So can you kind of talk more about that philosophy and how you kind of balance, you know, if insurance is going up in taxes, but you're just more focused on, you want to keep those good tenants in. Right. So the reason why we don't, um, where I don't, and most people that in our program don't, is because, you know, we have a, you know, when you refinance, right? It's a 30-year fixed. Like most of my refinances are 30-year fixed. Some of them are five, but 30-year fixed is, so when you have a set payment, um, mortgage payment, then you kind of know what your cash flow is. Yes, taxes kind of go up and down, but we, we are constantly appealing taxes as well. So we're trying to keep it down. And sometimes there's a property that might go up a little bit and sometimes the tax appeals goes through and and it goes down. So I think more of like portfolio wise, like my entire portfolio kind of balances itself out. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, So it's because the mortgage payment is just kind of static. You know, every month I know what's going out and there's all, I have cash flow. Now think about this. Like if for some reason the tenant moves out, you're not going to, usually in most cases, you're not going to have a tenant ready to go as soon as they leave, right? So uh, for me, one month of not having a tenant is on average $1,600 a month. Mm. So that $1,600 a month is gone. And when I, if tenants aren't moving around, like, like, let's just say for that Lions property, the first one, $1,450 is what I rent to her for. The same house nowadays, if now if you were to move, would probably cost her $1,700 a month. So why would she wanna look for something uh, in the area where the market rent is $1,700 when she can enjoy $1,450 and she's a great paying tenant. So that's kind of like my philosophy is because I have that mortgage payments 30 year fixed, the cash flow still works. Now, if the taxes you know, eventually go to um, where my cash flow starts to decrease, where increase my taxes increase, where my cash flow decreases, then maybe I will consider increasing the rent. But so far, I really haven't had to. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point because, you know, vacancy, like you're saying, that's sixteen hundred dollars. So, like, all in all, throughout the year, does it really make sense to yeah. up the rent by twenty five dollars anyway? 
right you know, twenty five exactly. fifty yeah. whatever it might be right. yeah I'll definitely be thinking about that as I uh, <laughs> as I send the first renewal letter right yeah um, <laughs> and um, kind of like switching gears here I I'd love to kind of learn about how you balance it all you know you mentioned you have two kids you're um, the president you're constantly investing how do you have that work life balance. Well, I was working full-time until about a year ago. Um, and so people, I get that question a lot, actually. And it's all about prioritizing. It's what's important. You know, now it's come to the point where it's what's important today. Like, what's important that day? Like, I have every morning, um, I do a, usually it's every night or every morning, I do a to-do list. Because my to-do list is changing every day. You know, like yesterday, all of a sudden, a property came up that I saw. Um, in a suburb uh, in Lansing, Illinois. And like my plans changed because that was such a hot deal that I needed to drop what I was doing and go look <laughs> at the property. You it's know? hot. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm not missing this one, you know? <laughs> so I'm like, um, and so I've been able to, you know, kind of like take my kids with me on a lot of these, you know, I'm trying to get them to learn too. So yeah. Our family time is learning about real estate uh, and um, things like I would say you start thinking about, okay, what's about what, where is my time best spent? Is it cleaning the house or is it looking for deals, right? Cleaning the house. Mm -hmm. What is that going to get me? Like, so I'm like, okay, you know, instead of me spending four hours, let's just say on a Saturday afternoon, cleaning the house. Why not just hire somebody, you know, for 90, 100 bucks, whatever it is, you know, based on the house, right? And I can take those four hours and start looking for properties. That's going to give me a greater return, right? So mm -hmm. things like that, you know, hiring people to do some of the things for you. Uh, nowadays, I have somebody that helps me, like, kind of just do, you know, errands. I go to the village and, you know, pay the water bill if it's a brand, if I'm, um, uh, it's a brand new purchase that I have because you have to physically go there or uh, apply for a rental permit, things like that. I have somebody that kind of runs my errands or I tell my kids to do it and, and you pay them a few dollars. So whatever works, right? But it's just about prioritizing. And in a, you know, a couple other podcasts that I've done, I've kind of explained that, you know, it's everything doesn't have to be perfect. Like we as women put so much pressure on ourselves that you know, the house has to be spotless or the laundry has to be done like on every two, three day basis or whatever. But there's been days where, you know, I've done a load of laundry and they're all clean, but they're just sitting there for like a week, all clean. And I just didn't have time to fold it because that wasn't my priority at the moment. My priority was, you know, either going to look at a house or whatever the case was, maybe I had to attend to something for my kids and laundry was like the least of my concerns. So I would say that stop being so hard on yourself. You know, you have your, oh my God, I can't, there's no way I can, you know, I can't leave dishes in, in my sink for more than a day. Like I, that bothers me. So that becomes my yeah. priority, but anything else, like I'm like, okay, you know, that can wait until I have time for it. Totally. And I think you bring up, you know, our time is so valuable and I, and I feel like a lot of people are like, well, I don't want to spend a hundred dollars on cleaning. Well, what is the value if you're mm -hmm. spending your time at home versus looking at those hot deals yeah. or whatever is going to bring you happiness or, um, just more time with your family. And I love that you're getting your kids involved. I'm sure that, um, 
hopefully they're enjoying it. Um, and you know, we'll see if they follow in their mom's footsteps and in, in being a real estate investor. I think that's wonderful that you're getting the, the family involved. I even think, uh, just as a side note, one of our um, handyman for the short-term rentals, the whole family goes and, and does the task together. It's oh, super adorable. Yeah. yeah. I, I love that yeah. the family's always involved. The little boy is helping his dad or his mom, yeah. you know, whatever it is. It's, it's so sweet. And um, it makes for great dinner conversations. <laughs> yes. You know? Yes. Yeah. I agree with you on the dishes on the sink. I am uh, <laughs> a stickler on that. I do not want to see those, <laughs> those dishes in there. Um, as we're kind of winding down here, um, I always like to, you kind of mentioned it early on. Is there anything additional you want to share about um, your book or the WeWin Foundation, just so our listeners can, can get involved in your course as well? We're just always trying to promote our guests. Well, first I wanna say for those people who are looking to get started, uh, don't wait, um, just get started. Like, you know, it's good to research and things like that, but there's a lot of things that are out there that, that are free or, you know, maybe a book you can read or a, a course you can take to start off with. Real estate is going to be a process. There is no book or one course that I know that where you're gonna be like, oh my God, I'm gonna know everything about real estate. It is a, a process, but start somewhere. If you if you're tight with funds, you know, like there's things that you can do. Like um, like for example, my the book that I have, which is called Diaries of a Female Real Estate Investor, which I have actually right here. Yes, girl, right, right here. Wow, look at you, so official. <laughs> Love it. That's huge. That's huge. I'm just gonna take a moment to give a round of applause. That's <laughs> huge. Kudos. Yes. Um, so that book actually talks about my journey, how I did. Uh, you know, I was able to do it with with no money and the circumstances that I had, and some of the things that came up later in my life that were challenges that I was able to face. That I think a lot of people go through. Um, it also has case studies on my properties. So I, I think I have like five in there where I talk about purchase, the rehab, what I refinanced it for, a little story behind each home, you know, that sort of thing. So I think it's good, uh, a good book for newer investors uh, to kind of like, you know, know it kind of tells me, tells you a little bit of my personal life as well as the whole real estate aspect and kind of like merge that together. So uh, get started. Um, don't like I have a course as well. If somebody want, is interested, it's called Getting Primed for Real Estate. So it kind of sets you up for success because you really have to kind of know who you are as a person, what your strengths are, and you have to know what you don't know. And that course kind of goes through different modules. Um, it's like information about how to get uh lending, rehab, having the right mindset, first of all, like that, that's like the first module I have, because I think that's huge. I think that's what stops a lot of people from uh, taking a step forward, because a lot of people are fearful, you know, of losing money or whatever the case is. But yeah, there's different modules to kind of help set you up. And then I take them to the next, um, guide them to the next place, all the way to eventually where they get to, they'll, they'll actually invest. So um, it's a good place to start if anybody's interested. But you know, you don't necessarily have to go and read my book or do my course, but there are a ton of things actually out there, but do something and get started. But guys, read her book and take her <laughs> course. Clearly, Fair, you have, you have shown what success looks like 
And I'm sure anyone who reads your book or takes your course will, will take that from you. So everyone go get the book. Um, <laughs> Farah, as we're kind of tying off here, how can listeners get in contact with you? Um, I have a website. It's called uh, farahali.org. Not .com. That's a jewelry. <laughs> that's a jewelry <laughs> website. Okay. <laughs> it's .org. So F-A-R-R-A-H-A-L-I, Farah Ali, my first name, last name, .org. So there's some free gifts um, on there uh, for uh, people who are interested that they can sign up. There's a 20-minute um, free webinar um, about like the five-step blueprint to getting started into real estate investing. Uh, and then you can find me on Facebook, connect with me on Facebook as well. And then also follow We Win uh, on Facebook. Uh, so there's a couple different ways of uh, getting in touch with me. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. Um, well, as we uh, tie off here, I know we, um, any closing thoughts, Farah, for our listeners? I know you were, you kind of drove it home with just starting, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, closing thoughts I'd say again like just don't don't be afraid if somebody like me could do it with absolutely no real estate experience you know I'm a female and I'm going into this male-dominated industry uh, there's nothing actually to be afraid of Uh, yeah there are going to be times where you're like okay how do I do this but with the right people around you it is highly highly possible for you to have a lot of success in real estate. And I'm gonna share that after, I didn't even know this when I was investing, right? Like you invest because you know that's the right thing to do. And I was just trying to get money for my kids. But when you are at a point when you can, if you want to quit your job, like I still enjoy what I do, so I still do it part-time. But when you're at a point where you can replace your income and you don't have to work that nine to five, it is the best feeling ever. Like I don't have to get up at a certain time if I don't want to. You know, I have that time to do all the things that I want to because you have passive income coming in. So I realized that my most valuable asset wasn't my houses or my money, it was my time. And that's, you know, over the years, um, as I, you know, tr- uh, transitioned from full-time to part-time, it's like, wow, this is great. Like, I wish more people knew how how it feels to kind of own your own time. Mm-hmm. It's your time. Yeah. No, no yes. you don't want anyone to control your time. It's nope. my time. Yeah, right? exactly. And as you get older, you have less of it. So it becomes more and more valuable. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. Well, yeah. Farah, such a pleasure so happy that you were able to come on the podcast um, and just grateful to to be together during this time. Thank you. You were like an awesome host. (laughs) (laughs) All righty that I'm a gig. I'm a silly giggly girl. Uh, (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much, Farrah, and have a wonderful day. Thank you. Bye now. Bye. Hey, you millennial millionaire. Are you looking for help getting to the next level in real estate? Are you looking for accountability and strategy to achieve your goals? If so, Jonathan is now taking on one-on-one students and opening a few spots in his private mastermind. It's affordable and welcome to everyone. If you had any questions or think you may need a boost, send Jonathan a message on Facebook or email at johnjfarber at outlook.com. 